Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hits Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify wh- your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. Who is with us right now? Josh Beckett. Wow, look at your smiling face. Oh, yeah. It's, I, I mean, I'd be smiling, lot, too. A lot, lot of family time going on over here. <laughs> Golf, golf courses reopened today, though. I'm going to play golf as soon as I'm done with you. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad you prioritized this anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, let's, let's do some catching up. One of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, because we've been playing the uh, 2007 uh, playoff run during uh, on the radio. And, and I said this to Mike Bonansky last night. I said, you know, if you were going to pick one pitcher, who was at the peak of his power. So you said, that's the guy that you want in, the, in this big game. It was 2007 Beckett. Like in, in terms of that run that you went on, looking back at that, how do you reflect on that? Is that the absolute most locked in that you've been, you think? Yeah, you know, I, I think so. I mean, I think maybe, I don't know that I had like my best playoff game during that time. Because I still go back to 03, and I don't even go back to the Yankee game. Like, the game that I pitched against Chicago, I think it was game five in Miami. And a lot of it, I think, had to do with, like, like the shadows and stuff. I mean, nobody was really getting any hits in that game. But, yeah, I would say just as far as, like, for a month-long period, that was about as locked in as, as I've ever been. I mean, I thought I had, like, two walks or something. Yeah. It was you know, I remember John Farrell saying something to me in the offseason, like, you have no idea, like, just how, you know, good that was. And a lot of it had to do with, you know, I mean, I had great stuff as well, but I was also locating very well. And, you know, I got a lot of guys out with balls because I was ahead in the count. But you go back to, you know, a couple of games jump out, and uh, I, I know the ALCS. I mean, the one game was the ALCS. Then coming back, you guys are down 3-1. Um, you have the off day. Uh, I think you were going up against CC Sabathia, right? And um, and you know they 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 bring in your ex girlfriend to sing the national anthem, you know. So my wife's in the other room. Uh, well, well, I mean, it's, it's it's it was what thirteen years ago. Yeah. So it's but it, but it was like, everything about that was so dramatic, and you talk about being locked in. Like I remember Kenny Lofton throwing the bat back at Kenny Lofton. That was, that was a moment where, you know, when we talk about you know, wanting a guy on the mound, like to me, you reflect on that, like everything about that, about what you represented that game, I think was probably along those lines. Yeah. You know, that's, that stemmed from a lot of things. Kenny Lofton and I had a few, and actually when I was with the Dodgers, he and I got to sit and kind of pass through some of them. There was some things like when he was the brace, I couldn't stand the way like he would flip his bat, like to try to get the umpire to call it a ball. And that's exactly what happened in that game. And that was the same thing that I'd had problems with when he was in Atlanta. It was like a three, one pitch or a three Oh pitch. I can't remember. And like, it was right down the middle, you know, it, it might've been knee high, but it was right down the middle and he flips his bat and the umpire calls a strike. Well, then he, pops up the next pitch or two pitches after that. And I'm just like up and, and, you know, like kind of staring at him like, Hey, you know, you thought you walked and then, you know, now you're out. And then, you know, we get into it. Mike Lowell knew like he and I had had all that beef because I played with Mike for so long. And 
So I think Mikey, as soon as anything happened, Mikey was like running around me. Like, he's like, no, 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 we need, we need you in this game. And, uh, and I remember he was the first guy on the scene when, you know, kind of Kenny and I were kind of going at each other. I'm actually glad I got to talk to Kenny when I was in L.A. Just, you know, I had no problem with him as a person. I just I could not stand that, the, the, the bat flip on the walk. Like, it just it drove me crazy. And, um, you know, like I said, we got, we got a chance to talk that out, and uh, it, it, it's, it's all good. But, yeah, I think – I think, you know, a lot of it, you know, was, was you know, David Ortiz coming in, like kind of had a little pep talk, you know, and, and we knew what we had to do. And I, I think that was kind of the more or less what everybody's um, message was in our, in our team meeting the day before was just like, hey, we know what we need to do. We need to win, you know. And, you know, I, I went out there and, uh, yeah, I remember they – so that, uh, I get a call from a guy that works for me. He says, hey, I just want to let you know this before anybody else. That, you know, they, they hired – Daniel Peck to sing the the anthem. I'm like, that's fine, whatever. So we're standing in the, and you can ask John Farrell this, and we're, they're doing the anthem, and I'm in the bullpen, and John Farrell's just kind of, hey, I could just tell he's like, he's breathing heavy, he's trying to figure out, you know, kind of how I'm feeling or whatever. And I just looked at him during the anthem, and I said, I just want you to know I broke up with her. <laughs> and I think he just took a deep breath and was just like, I think he knew then. He's like, Tom, everything's going to be all right today. I mean, if I remember right, they had the microphone. They had her set up, like, for some reason, like, staring right at you. <laughs> or, or, I mean, it was, it was, there wasn't any room for interpretation in terms of what the, what the Indians were trying to do, I don't think. Did you, yeah, talk, to, did you talk to her after? Uh, I did, yeah. We texted afterwards, yeah. Now, we were friends at the time. It wasn't anything. I mean, it, it wasn't, like, some long-term relationship. I mean, we just we, – we dated for a little while, and um, – you know, I, her schedule versus my schedule. I mean, I mean, you know how that stuff is. I mean, we're we're balls to the wall, and she's balls to the wall. There's, no, I mean, there's nothing we can do. I mean, we're just. I think it was just kind of a mutual breakup. Actually, I just wanted to make John Farrell laugh a little bit. But you had the you had the best line after the fact. Oh God, yeah, the, I still get crap for that one. Well, it was a great line. It was it was a perfect line. Yeah, I don't was, get I don't get I don't get paid to make those fucking decisions. Is that what well, I that one get stuff for that one. Well, that one also, but the also the uh, like well, thanks for giving my friend a free ticket or something yeah. along those lines. So it was, uh, uh, but people, people still go. I cannot believe you did that on Fox, you know. And I'm like, it's just who I was. Like I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think I was acting or anything. It's just that's. I mean, you saw me in plenty of press conferences. That's just yeah. who I was. Well, that's the thing, is it? And that's what I, I enjoy. You know, we had some good conversations, and I enjoyed talking because it was like, you know, I go back to being genuine. Like, I remember, like, you know, we, we did one interview. I think it was after the 2011 season. It was pretty long. It was, like, probably an hour out at your place. And there was a lot of, like, there was a lot of, like, expletives. And I remember, mm -hmm. like, do you want me to leave those in? He's like, yeah. Like, yeah, I want to. Yeah, I mean, because that's who yeah. I am. I don't, yeah, I don't know why. I just, I mean, I, I have that mouth, you know, it's just, it's just who I am. I, my older brother's like that. My younger brother doesn't cuss hardly at all. It's, it's, so you can't blame it on my parents. I mean, they at least <laughs> have one kid that doesn't cuss every other word. The, uh, we, we were talking about the 2017 and it was just like, you know, listen, it was a, just a really good team. You, 2006, you just were missing some pieces. In 2007, you get, you know, whether it's J.D. Drew, whether it's Dice K, whether it's Papelbon stepping up as a closer, whether it's 
um, you know, whatever it is, a, a ton of a ton of injuries that you that you had in 2006, not 2007. Well, 2006 was yeah, it was a lot of. Uh, injuries. Oh yeah. Well, you know, let's go back to that. So, um, you know, we we have a mutual friend in Mike Reinhold, right? Who yeah, was, who was a trainer back then. And I remember, you know, when you signed your extension with the Red Sox, I think, it, or when you agreed to it, like you were going through a, a tough stretch, right? You were like five ERA, um, but you agreed to the extension. And, you know, obviously you have to go through the physical to do that. I remember you saying to me, he's like, listen, you know, he's sort of describing your physical condition. I mean, this is 2006. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm thinking, oh, how are you going to make it through a year, forget about four or five or six years. I pitched all the way up to that point, though, with, with those injuries. Right. And you said, like, what, you had, like, a 40% tear or something in your – Yeah, 20 infraspinatus and 20 supraspinatus. But Mike, Mike Ronald was the – I mean, I owe him my whole career. But, and that happened in 2000. So, that, this, so 2006, we're talking five more seasons after that. Right. Yeah, there was a uh, there was a doctor in Miami, uh, so I'm in Kane County, Illinois, uh, in A ball, and this guy. This is back when they were doing these uh, capsule shrinks, and he wanted to do that to me. And I remember I went to Doctor Andrews, and he said, "No way, uh, we're not doing that." There just wasn't enough research for Doctor Andrews to just jump on board with that. He sent me down to a guy named Kevin Wilkes office. Well, Kevin was the, he was the head of Dr. Andrews uh, rehab, all, all of his rehab stuff. And uh, he, Kevin Wilkes obviously was busy, way too busy to you know, mess with some guy in a ball, even though I, I mean, even though I was a, you know, highly regarded by the right. Marlins and everything. So they stuck me with one of the fellows, which was Mike Ryan. And, you know, so we kept in contact all the way from 2000, every year I would talk to him and, you know, we would do like some biometric stuff. Uh, I mean, he was just, I literally owe him, you know, my whole career because if not, I mean, that doctor would have shrunk my capsule and I would have probably been out of baseball within the next two years. Uh, But Dr. Andrews and Mike and Kevin Wilkes, you know, basically stepping in saying, no, we're not doing that. Um, Yeah. I mean, it, it saved me. I mean, I played 14 years in the big leagues because of that. Well, when, and so when Mike is with the Red Sox you and you sign that deal, it's like, okay, you know, this is what I would imagine. Like, okay, they have some confidence that they're going to be able to keep you together. Otherwise, they don't sign the deal with you. Oh, yeah, yeah, because well, Mike was so forward-thinking about that. You know, and I feel like a lot of trainers are now, but I feel like Mike being a PT guy, like it was kind of a transition for all of baseball, you know, with, with, with him, you know, and I think that that has a lot to say about the Red Sox organization, John Henry and Tom Warner and Larry Lucchino at the time and um, – you know, Theo Epstein and, you know, Ben and Jet, all of them. And I think it was a kind of a, a turning point where almost all Major League Baseball teams had some guy, even if they weren't like full-time employees, that was actually a physical therapist because mm-hmm. we started calling it prehab, you know, and that was for all the pitchers. We all had it. it. Instead of you're doing the same things you would do if you rehab from a surgery, but you're doing it prior to. to and it was, it was a constant evolution. I mean, we would, we would do – I mean, we would do something for six months and then we would kind of switch it up, which I was like very like resistant to at first. But then, you know, the way Mike kind of explained it to me was that, you know, you got it, you got to just keep evolving. Otherwise you just kind of get stuck in this rut and, and then, you know, things don't, things don't work out as well. When you, when you agreed to that deal in 2006, 2006, 
were you, you know, was part of that was because by then, like, you, you know, you maybe hadn't figured out exactly how you're going to manage this, this health thing. Were you worried that, Hey, listen, I got to sign this deal because there isn't the back of my mind. You know, this might not, you know, this, this tear might blow up at any time. You know, I, I always believed, and I used to tell guys, that first contract is for peace of mind. Everything you do after that, if you want to go to free agency, I'm fine with that. But set yourself up with some sort of, you know, nest egg to where, you know, if it doesn't work out, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't blame anybody for signing a first contract. What, whatever it may be, if, even if it looks like you totally got screwed on it, and, you know, I know agents and the Players Association do not agree with that. But, I, I mean, I, and I used to tell young guys, that. I'd say, hey, look, your first deal, it ain't about your agent. It ain't about the player Association. Even though I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the Players Association, your first deal is to set you up to where you can go out there and freely pitch. And then everything else after that, you do whatever, whatever you want to do. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think for me, you know, that was, that was part, of, part of the goal was to, you know, make sure that, you know, everything that, I, everything that had happened didn't happen for no reason where I end up being some, you know, 40-year-old that, you know, doesn't have any money or, you know, I mean, so, I mean, obviously I got fortunate. I signed a couple more deals after that. And, mm-hmm. You know, I'm, we're, we're good now, you know. I know, but, you, but you, I do think that signing that first contract, even though it probably wasn't the most lucrative, the Red Sox were brilliant you know, about this. And, you know, I've, I've talked to some of my friends with the Dodgers and told them what they, what they did to me. And, and they waited for me to struggle for three or four starts. And then I remember Terry, <laughs> no, it's, it's brilliant. Uh, so Terry Francona comes out. I'm, I'm literally taking ground balls at short during batting practice, deep short. Cause I, I wasn't allowed inside the line. Um, so Terry Francona comes out and he goes, Hey, you like it here? I said, hell yeah, I like it here. Are you kidding me? I, I love it here. You know? And uh, he's like, well, what, what, would, what would you think about signing an extension? Like, this is – I'm struggling. So, mentally, I'm thinking, what? No way they want to sign me to a was, contract. Wasn't that in, ta- was that in Tampa? Yeah, it was in Tampa. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I just gave up four home runs in three innings. Like, I, these guys want to sign me? You betcha. So, I mean, it was brilliant, you know. And I'm sure Theo called and told him to do that. Mm, but, yeah. you know, I did like it there. And, I, you know, like I said, that first contract to me – just sets you up and it, it gives you validation and it gives you a peace of mind to go out there and not, not have, you know, 50% of your worry being on injuries and the other 50 being on execution. Now you got 80 or 90% on execution and, you know, 10 or 20 on, um, on your health. Yeah. And listen, I mean, like you said, it all worked out. I think, I think I remember having a conversation with you in the dugout and, this sound, this sounds so like, I don't know, like surface level, but uh, it was it was sort of about contracts, and I was like of the mind, well, you know, if you're happy doing what you're doing, that you're gonna do a better job at that job, right? And then you're gonna make your money, right? Absolutely. So, yeah. So I mean, it's and listen, I mean that that ended up being the case because not only did you, you know, you went on dominated in 2007. Did you think you were gonna win the Cy Young that year? I didn't know, you know, I, I, I don't know, you know, with where that voting is and everything, you know, cause it kind of wraps up a little, you know, before, you know, yeah, I, think postseason isn't... A, I think if you take into the playoffs, I probably stand a better chance. You know, CC had a great year that year and uh, you know, I, I got all, I got nothing but good things to say about CC Sabathia. I mean, he was 
an awesome competitor. Uh, I loved pitching against him. You know, I used to tell Michael Young the same thing, you know, when he was up there batting. I knew I was going to get a – I mean, he was going to bust my balls when he was hitting, you know. I mean, he just was that kind of hitter. And, you know, I really enjoyed that. I mean, sometimes it was nice facing the pitcher too. But, yeah, you know, I, I enjoyed playing against some of those really good players that you knew – you know, and, and quite frankly, when I pitched against CeCe, I think I did pretty good. And I think it's a lot of that is a testament to how good I thought he was. Well, like we talked about that game, and then you go out in the World Series and you pitch really well in, uh, in obviously in game one. And you guys sort of rolled through. I mean, I, like I was trying to remember the feeling of that World Series, and it just felt like you guys knew you were going to win, you know. I mean, and I know yeah. that it's not that simple, but. It was, it was like, I mean, it was start to finish, though. Like, I, I mean, I don't ever really remember there being a time during that season where, you know, we were, you know, reeling or, you know, we, may, I, we might have lost three games in a row, but I, I can't remember when, mm. you know. And, and I don't think even at the end of the year I could have told you, like, oh, I remember in June, you know, man, we were really struggling and, you know, we weren't pitching well, we weren't hitting well. I don't, I don't remember ever going – and it's amazing because we didn't win 100 games. Right. But I almost think that's because we, we were so comfortable throughout the year. We kind of got everybody enough rest, mm-hmm. you know, whether it was pitchers or position players. I think we just kind of were comfortable with everything. Well, which was the better team, 07 or 08? What's up? I Come on. You don't need my computer yet. Yay. How's school going? Say hi. Good. Yeah, I love learning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll bring you the computer in a little bit. I love you, big girl. Um, uh, yeah, the, uh, which was better, uh, 07 or, or 08? Because I think, I think Francona said that 08, he thought 08 was actually like a more talented team. Yeah, but we ran out of gas, man. Well, just- well here's, a, here's another image I have. Game six in Tampa, you pitched that game, right? Yeah, I you, pitched, you, you you pitched pretty well, and I also remember like you just like you could like, yeah you could basically like lift the shirt off your back. No, I had a, I had a torn oblique. We tried we tried to do a uh, 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 like a cortisone injection in, in my oblique, and it just didn't take. And I think I got through five innings, and I remember I, I don't think Terry Francona was ever like not even in '07. Was he ever more proud of me than, like, just getting through five innings? I mean, I threw, like, I don't know, 95 pitches and 80 of them were cutters because that's all I could do. I mean, even my four-seamer had a little bit of cut to it. So, uh, yeah, I, I think we just – we ran out of gas that year. And that just that just shows how hard it is because I kind of agree with, with Tito on this. I think that 08 team might have been a little stronger, too, than the 07 team. You know, and you know how we did in 07. It was just kind of a – you know, hey, let's we'll hit the ball and we'll pitch the ball, and then we. You know, that's kind of how the season. Like, if I look back on the '07 season, I just felt like it was just fundamental after fundamental, and then in '08, I felt like we did that for a long period of time, and then we just got to a point where it just. Well, we, you we just sp- had the injuries are crazy. I mean, you had you ended up having Kotze, who I think you acquired like in late August. He started. He might have started Game Seven. Um, Alex Cora was your starting shortstop because Lowry was hurt. Yeah. Um, you know, you go down the list. It was, you know, and you know, obviously Kotze, your situation. Kotze playing first base. Who was? Kotze, I think Kotze may have been playing first base. He was. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So it was, uh, yeah. I mean, that was a, that was a, that was a really, really good team. I mean, that was a really, really good team. And but when did, uh, you know, I remember when you had, when your name came up on the hall of fame ballot this past year, I remembered immediately, I have to apologize to you because I did a story. I asked you, I, I got the exact date, late August, 2011. I asked you about like, what did you have any aspirations for the hall of fame? Right. That day I did a story on it. Right. And then that was like the divide. Right there. What did, what did I, what did I say? I said, Oh, oh you're just like, listen, like, I'm not thinking about it. Like I'm going to, when I retire, I'm just disappearing. I'm going to be in a rocking chair somewhere and not, no one's going to find me. And you know, it's, it's not you get really bored during quarantine. You start doing zoom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. So, but like up until that point, like I, I, and then I went back and looked it up. I said, well, you know what? It wasn't such a stupid question. It was a good question. I mean, you were sort of on track. You were on track for that. I'm telling you, you don't have to listen to me, but that's the facts. Like, yeah. so it was, uh, yeah. So you should... and I used to joke about this. I, I used to tell him, I said, I knew five starts into my major league career. I wasn't going to get to the Hall of Fame. You know, of course, when we came up, it was like 300 wins or, you know, it was there was no like really postseason that would that would you know catapult you past that three hundred win threshold or you know, I don't know maybe there was a strikeout total as well but I just I told him I said I think I knew five starts into my major league career I wasn't gonna get there you know we were with the Marlins it was freaking two thousand one and I mean we we just I mean quite frankly I mean we just weren't that good of a team <laughs> you know I mean I don't we were all young I think right. a lot of those guys yeah were yeah. Hard. yeah very, very good players. But at that time, we're all trying to figure this out. And, you know, I, I, I think I had like six wins my first year. I mean, it was, just, it was going to oh, take me a long well, time to get to three wins at six well, wins a year. You came closer than, than, than you, you ever anticipated. And, um, mm -hmm. and unfortunately, like I jinxed you in that moment. So my apologies. The, um, you actually, your best game pitching, you know, we talk about outside the postseason. The game in Tampa, it was the day that the Bruins won the Stanley Cup. Remember this game? You the, like the got the one hit off the one hit. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean that you were that was probably your like the most locked in best game, maybe. Was that oh seven? What, what year no, was no, that? that was uh oh uh that was eleven. Two thousand eleven? I couldn't yeah. remember when it was. Yeah. But it was that was that was legit. That was legit. I mean, obviously you go out and you pitch a no hitter. So, I, yeah, I don't know. Twenty percent curveballs. That was a little. That, 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 that's the most unbelievable thing about baseball is that you know you go all these years where you actually have really good shit, and then your shit is diminished, and you start just basically acting like a different pitcher. You know, and and really I owe that to AJ Ellis. You know, coming to me and talking about my my curveball. And I just buy into it, and I start throwing all these curveballs. And I think like four starts in, I throw a no hitter. And, you know, I, I, it was a big joke in the dugout, uh, you know, like, what's the longest you've ever taken a no-hitter? I said, I think the bottom of the first. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a cool thing. I mean, that's – like, you, ha you have a lot of boxes that you checked off, and to be able to do that, that must have been pretty satisfying. Yeah, and I, you know, I just wish – you know, really, I don't think it had – I think it, some of it had to do with how many pitches I threw in the no-hitter, you know, because I was kind of already starting to feel my hip. You know, and but like 
it was something that like I you know I wanted to I wanted to finish you know and and, and Don Mattingly was awesome about it you know just you know he just let me go I mean he would ask me how I'm doing um, but at that time it was six nothing or something I can't remember we had a pretty good lead in the game and he would come to me and ask me how I was doing but I mean there was really no reason for him to take me out because the game was in jeopardy mm-hmm. um, you know and, and I kept telling him I said I'm fine Skip you know but then we go to Colorado I think it's I don't know, two or three starts later, and I'm running the bases. And, I mean, you always knew how horrible of a base runner I was. And and I can't remember who it was, but it hits a little line drive over the shortstop's head. And it was like one of those ones where you start to go, then you stop to go back, and then you go to third base. And I remember getting to third base, and, I mean, I just – I mean, I just ruptured my labrum in my left hip. So oh, man. He's oh. like, I'm done. And, you know, I tried to come back a couple times. We – Really, I never got past like a hundred feet of playing catch. Not really. Yeah, I could have had the surgery, you know, and probably signed a minor league deal, or not had the surgery and maybe been a relief pitcher. But who the fuck wants to go to a baseball game and watch me come out of the bullpen? I'm just like, I'd rather go home and be with my kids. So (laughs) that's what I did. Basically, you just summed it up right there. Exactly. (laughs) What do you look back at? um, You know, obviously, like you know, like I talk about the height of your powers in Boston and then, you know, how it ended in Boston. Do you look back at Boston any differently now that you've got your few years away from it? No, I've always loved it. I mean, I think part of the downtimes in Boston is part of playing in Boston. And I've, I've said this numerous times in interviews. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't think it has to go so far, but, you know, I do look back at all the, the good times and the bad. And I don't think that playing in Boston, if we would have just, you know, had no drama at all, like I wouldn't have felt like I got to play in Boston. And, you know, like I said, I, at, at the end, it, it, it wore on me, but I, I look back on it now and think, man, I, I'm, I'm glad I got to play there. I'm glad I got to see both sides of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you sure did. <laughs> Guess I did. <laughs> But hey, I ain't the only one. So there's I told somebody, I can't remember who I was who I was I did an interview not too long ago with somebody. Maybe it was Dave Bisset with the with the Dodgers. And uh and I was like, very few people get out of there unscathed. And you know, it's 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 all good with me. I, I like I said, I run into Red Sox fans all the time and they have nothing but love. So I mean, it's 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 crazy. I do. I did a charity event for epilepsy in in Vegas last year, and it was a lot of uh, a lot of Northeastern and a lot of New England people, and they were just like, "Man, we loved you when you were with the wrestling." You know, so I mean, it's I I don't think I've run into one one person that was that wasn't you know fonder of my memory in Boston than non fond. Let me ask, so let me just finish with this with a question that I, or not a question, what I said at the beginning, which is if you're going to say, this is one guy who I want on the mound at the peak of his powers, who is the guy who, give me two guys for you. Like who, who are like you say, okay, you know, we need to pitch this game. We need did to, I have to play, did I have to play with them? Um, yeah, no, guys that you played with, guys that you played That's with. A- well, I mean, I, I'll tell you what, that's, that run that Jonathan Papelbon had was pretty sick. I mean, i never – I guess it's probably what a lot of those Yankee guys felt like when Mariano came in for them. Same you thing, know, yeah. You know, it's like when, when he was on that run, and I still think he probably should have won the Cy Young 
I, I can't remember if it was 08 or 06. He had like a .95 ERA. He was like perfect in save opportunities. Uh, you know, I, I, that was amazing watching him come in after me. You know, it was just – I knew if I could get through eight and have the lead, we were going to win. And, right. you know, I, that's just – that's just – so he's definitely one of those guys. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, well, I mean, like, here's, here's an example that I give. So, you like, okay, you in 2007. Lester did the same thing in – you weren't around, but 2013. He did the same thing. The same thing. Like, he was obviously younger when yeah. he was with you in 07. But, you know yeah, – I, I mean, I, you've got to put Lester in that category, best post, postseason pitcher ever. I mean, especially not just after the, the 13, but what he did in Chicago. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty it's – getting, it's getting pretty pretty ridiculous now with, with the numbers that he's put up. And, um, you know, and, and his stuff is just diminished as well. You know, and he does a great job. You know, people give him all this shit about, you know, you know not being able to throw to first. He doesn't um, – if you watch his game as a baseball player, he does an unbelievable job of holding runners. Mm-hmm. And – you know, that – and he does that with with them knowing that he is not going to throw over there. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's – it's. You know, I watch some of his games, and, and I'll, I'll call him the next day, and we'll, we'll chit-chat about, you know, what I thought about the game or this or that. And I, and I just I, – I mean, I just say, Johnny, who cares about throwing it first? Do you do an unbelievable job mixing his times, holding the ball when he needs to? And, it, you know, if a guy gets too big lead, he just steps off, you know, and – you know, if he has to, I guess he could probably go over there and just do one of those. So, um, I, I just – yeah, I think Johnny would de- definitely – he was so young in 07. But, yeah. I mean, that, that game he pitched in Colorado, I mean, that's yeah. not an easy place your first start and then you're in a World Series game. I mean, that, that place is intimidating just, you know, because of the stories you hear. You know, it's not like intimidating in the same way that old Yankee Stadium or anything like that is, but it's intimidating because – you just don't know how your body's going to feel, how it's going to react, how your breaking ball is going to do. You know, and there's only so much of that stuff you can really gather in the in the bullpen. I remember speaking to Colorado. I remember flying out when you get traded, and you your your first start for the Dodgers in Colorado. Not them doing that to you. <laughs> uh, well, that's not. I, I I don't even remember how he did. I just remember T.J. Cybers after the game, and they must have given you a heads up about, you know, this guy who basically was like, he's like, yeah, so, so, Josh, like, everyone says this. Everybody knew who he was. Uh, you didn't know who he was? Oh, yeah, everybody knew who Oh, he was. yeah, oh, yeah, because you, like, you were basically, it was classic. I mean, it was like, we talk about your A game. I mean, the back and forth of, like, yeah, Josh, everyone says you're an asshole. What do you say about that? <laughs> like, well, you know, like, or – or the, the classic was like, or you said you turned to Sean McAdam because it was me and Sean at McAdam. said, Sean, you like me, right? <laughs> Sean, yeah, I like you, yeah. But it was, it was, it was a great performance. It was, it was so, I mean, that's, and I'll give you a lot of credit, Josh. Like, that's the thing. Like, you were able to handle it, man. You were able to handle the, you know, like you said, in Boston, you, you saw all angles from it. And, you know, that was probably – that day was probably the hardest day you had as a Dodgers interview the entire time, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. No, well, and that's the thing about – you know, I, I, would, I would give some of, your, some of your colleagues, not all of them, but some of your colleagues, at least they would, they would write something and then show up. And then some of your colleagues would write stuff and never show up. 
So, you know, that's the thing. TJ was, to, to me, I, I, I had a couple more run-ins with him, and n- none of them were like that. Like, I think, I think we kind of, he kind of filled me out, and I felt him out. He knew he wasn't going to get a whole lot of bullshit out of me. You know, I just, I just kind of answered the questions and then move on down, down, my, down the road. But he wasn't there every day either. No, I mean, no, I think, he was a columnist, right? Yeah. That's right, yeah. Yeah. But I remember, you know, when in Boston it was like, you know, you were always available. I mean, you were right there. And, and, and we, you know, I, we would obviously have a lot of conversations and I would go up to you and talk about a lot of things and you were right there. And it was always good conversations. And some people just like, oh, no, I'm not going to talk to him. You know, like why? Like it was why? Better for me. Yeah, it's better. <laughs> it made myself less available. <laughs> but you were available. You're always sitting there. So, you know, like I think Shaughnessy, like Shaughnessy, was another guy who went up to you like a lot and talked to you, right? I mean, so I, never, I don't, I don't think Shaughnessy ever wrote anything that I thought wasn't true. You know, I think, yeah. I think everything he wrote was, I think he did a good job. You know, and yeah. He, uh, there was, a, there was a lot of good ones. Like I said, my time in Boston, I remember very fondly. And I'm glad I got to see both sides of kind of how things were going. And, uh, you know, it just – I mean, it, it just it, – it was, it, was, it was time to go when I went. So. Uh, it's all good. What, so what are you um, – what's the plan now? What are you doing besides playing golf and, and, and uh, homeschooling two, two girls? Two girls? Two, I've actually two. been absent every day for homeschool, by the way. You could absolutely. Uh, my, my wife takes care of that, and she's a lot smarter than me, so I'll let her do that. You know, she's, she, a, she's a rocket scientist, isn't she's she? An aeronautical engineer. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's. I, I only think it's proper if they learn from her versus me. I was going to say, step aside, step aside. <laughs> I, but so, so what's the? What do you want to do? What's the? What's the goal? I know you did some broadcasting, right? Yeah, I did some stuff for the Astros in 2017, and I mean, obviously, I mean, I had no part in all that crap that's going on now. But you know, I I liked it, but it just it's just not. I mean, it's not worth it really to me. You know, I'm like, you know, I'd rather I'd rather be home doing what I want, and I kind of did that as a favor. Um, uh, the the guy that was in Florida with Fox Sports when I was there. He, he needed somebody to do 25 games. I guess he had somebody drop out or something. And so I said, you know what, I'll do 21. I only ended up doing uh, 18 games because uh, one of the series was when Harvey hit Houston. Mm-hmm. And so they actually played those games in Tampa, and they weren't going to have any – they weren't gonna, they couldn't do anything from Houston anyway. So the people that did the, did the game actually did the pre- and post-game show. So uh, I liked it. Um, it, it just it, it was it was a little bit much. It was it was it was wasn't the most convenient thing for me to get to Houston, um, do the pre and post game, and you know be away from my family because it. I mean it, it it was a little time consuming. You know the the travel and then nowadays I mean they wanted me to like just dive really deep into the saber metrics, mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't something that I had done previously. I, I ended up enjoying that part. Um, but also watching the game from the press box, I just, I, it's just not my thing, you know. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it, it's just not my thing. So yeah. I don't, I don't know if I'll do that anymore. I, I maybe do some studio stuff, but right now there's nothing really, you know, Listen, that I have to do. The golf courses are now open, so uh, yes. Tomorrow we get to ride in carts again. Wait, so wait, the open today and tomorrow they're the 
No, no, we, we haven't. We never closed. We oh, never, never closed. Oh, tomorrow. No, tomorrow they, is the cart day. So tomorrow yeah. you're riding carts. Yeah. yeah, you ride you ride carts single. But uh, we've been yeah we've been playing golf a little bit. We we went to the ranch for three weeks. We were down there, and then it just got it got hotter than donut grease down there. So we're 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 back home now. Not that it's not hot here, but I mean we're just. Uh, it got too hot down there. I remember, I remember playing with you. It was you and Case and Gabbard. I played with you twice. You don't probably remember, but I played with you twice. One, you and Case and Gabbard at Renaissance in Florida, and that's where you busted out the Spootinator, which I thought was a, like such a good line. Spootinator. Got to give Mike Mordecai credit for that. Okay, so that was remind me again. The Spootinator was uh, where your heart it's connects your balls. Connects your heart to your balls. So there you go. <laughs> so. Uh, and the other time, I think it was uh, at Firestone with um, with oh, yeah. Lester, and, Lester and Reinhold, yeah. And I just remember, like, and I don't think Lester played a lot, but that was sort of like a reminder, like, oh, my God, he's like an unbelievable athlete because he just got up there and just whacked the crap Bob out of the ball. ball. Yeah. Well, you know, we used to joke with him about being a centaur, you know, because he's got – his ass is like in the middle of his back, you know, and it's like <laughs> this big. Yeah, no, I mean, we, he's – yeah, he's a special athlete. I mean, just yeah. size and strength. I mean, I remember walking in the weight room one day, and, I mean, he's just got – I mean, weights piled, piled on to a squat machine or a squat rack. And he is just – he's pounding out. I think, I think he did uh, 12, 8, 4, three times. You know, and, he's, <laughs> I mean, he's just he's an animal. He really is. Well, I don't want to keep you from golf anymore. So it's, uh, yeah, man, it's good catching up with you, though. It's, it's a lot of fun. A lot of good memories. Well, if this sticks around longer, we'll have to do another one. Uh, listen, anytime. Open invitation.